Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. We so hope you enjoy this message. Morning. My name is Drew Tevis, pastor of Aloha Church. It's a good crowd today. Welcome. If it's your first time, welcome. Welcome. I hope you feel the hospitality and the Aloha spirit, right? The gospel season with Aloha. Um, Jesse read that verse, and there was four words repeated. Anybody know what those four words were? Starts with a P, ends in an East. Peace. Yeah, Jesus is our peace. We're talking about Jesus' work as Messiah today brings us peace. Really quick on your notes before I pray, the first thing on your notes says, Jesus' work as Messiah unifies us and brings us peace. Amen? I don't know about you, but if you've been paying attention in our world, there's a lot of chaos in it. Chaos. Confusion. It is scary. A lot of people talking about the last days and this, and it just can give us anxiety. <laughs> if we're parents trying to raise our kids in a world and trying to, like, shelter them and educate them at the same time, talking about the world, Yeah. And maybe um, some of the stuff is so far away, chaos, but can also sometimes be right in our, in our families. Maybe some of you guys are walking through chaos and confusion and loss of hope um, and, or anxiety. Oh, my goodness, all these things. The good news is what? Jesus, in the midst of chaos, is our hope and brings us peace. Say peace. Peace. We know that Jesus work as Messiah initiates our salvation. It initiates our salvation. But our salvation is not the finish line. Salvation is the starting point. It's the first step. Amen? So then there's more, and we're going to talk about that. There's more. He initiates our salvation, but as we continue in our faith, I think sometimes... We, we learn not to continue in our faith, and many people feel stuck, or they wonder why they're not growing, or they're stuck in sinful habits, or a sinful thinking, like Israel, right? Freed from slavery, crossing the Jordan, completely free, but stuck slave-minded. Make sense? So we're going to pray today as we're finally getting to our full gospel series, week six, the work of Jesus as Messiah. He unifies us and brings us peace. But we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the teacher, not me, right? I'm trying to, you know, articulate words the best I can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're going to pray the Holy Spirit would illuminate your mind and show you scripture. and It will start to connect and be like, wow, I read this before, but now it's going from my head into my heart. And then we can live those transformed lives that we want. We want to live life to the fullest. Amen? We want to live that. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world as we get into that. Thank you so much for bringing us peace when we truly understand your work on the cross as our Messiah, as our Savior, as Jesus. You bring peace is a fruit of putting our hope in your work. So we thank you so much, Jesus. Calm our hearts today. 
we may have come, this may be our first time at church for a long time, or maybe we're coming out of crazy situations at work, at school, um, or just, uh, just, dealing with, just dealing with life. Lord, calm us, give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Again, we are in a long series called The, the Full Gospel. So what is the gospel really quick in Romans? It says the gospel is the power of God for salvation, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So the gospel is power, and that power comes to us as a gift from God by grace. And we apprehend this grace through faith, right? So we're saved by grace, a gift through faith. But we're looking at the full gospel. When we say full gospel, is because maybe if you're like me, you've been presented a, a partial gospel. We say one-third of the gospel, and we'll get into that. So the gospel, um, I'm using a, a resource, kind of someone I was dealing with this stuff as the gospel. What's the gospel? And I've been a Christian for 30 years hearing the gospel, preach the gospel. What's the gospel? So we have a resource from uh, Peter Lewis. He's a... Um, a pastor from Dallas, Texas, and he teaches soteriology at a college, and we um, are using a lot of his resources uh, from Braveheart Ministries. I've been so impacted by this, so what I did is I, I emailed him, I reached out, you know, I reached out because he's alive, and I was listening to one of his uh, podcasts. You know, sometimes you read books and like they're, I don't know, I don't know who these guys are. So I'm listening to his podcast, going to school, and I get a phone call. So it's Texas. I was like, who's this? Texas. I'm nobody from Texas. You know, Kaylee's from Texas, right? Yeehaw. Howdy. All right? And it was him. It was the guy. I've been reading his books. I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. And he was talking about, he has five kids, I have four kids, and we're just talking story. And I was like, hey, man, can I, like, Hawaiian borrow a lot of your stuff, like your video right here? Like, we started a church, you know, so he's like, Hawaiian bar. I'll say, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what that is. <laughs> so Peter's watching. Thank you, man, for your resources. Uh, his book's out there and um, great resource. And we got to get him a um, Aloha Church shirt, yeah? Aloha Church shirt. We got some new merchandise coming out. It's pretty cool. So, and maybe we'll send him a can of Spam. <laughs> With some barbecue sauce. Some Texas barbecue sauce. If you don't know what a spam is, you know, it's meat in a can. It's the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things unseen. So it's Hawaiian steak, right? So I don't know if we have spam today. My mom is in town from Hawaii, so thank you, mom. She made chicken long rice today, so no spam. So thank you, mom. Live in person, she watches every week. She's like, you look tall on camera, but I'm, you know, I am mom. It's that Portuguese blood, you know? So, <laughs> anyways, um, this is what Peter says. I'm going to quote him. I'm going to quote him right now. Hawaiian borrowed this quote and make it mine. The gospel is a complete and final saving of mankind's spirit, soul, and body. All right? Spirit, soul, and body is how we're saved. The Messiah initiates us being saved spiritually. From sin, sickness, and death. So God's will for us, the way he designed us, is no sin, no sickness, no death. And we learned that in, in the last couple of weeks. Experienced and apprehended by grace through faith in Jesus. So thank you, Peter. 
And if you've been presented a partial gospel, right, you're going to only walk in partial freedom. You with me? This is where many Christians wonder why they don't grow up and continue in salvation. Because maybe you've only been presented like these five points. And we talked about this. You're a sinner, Romans 3.23. Like that's like the leading foot of the gospel, right? You're a sinner. Like great. And I feel uncomfortable sharing the gospel with people, right? Like, hey, guess what? Let me share you the good news. Number one, you're a sinner. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then your sin will send you to hell. Yeah. But... Jesus died for your sin. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he died and rose again, and you're going to be, your sins are forgiven, and you get a passport to heaven. Those five points, right? We've been presented that that is the sum total catch-all of the gospel is boiled down to Jesus forgives you of your sins, and you get a passport to heaven. If you put your faith in Jesus' work as Messiah, which he initiates your salvation, Genuinely, you're saved. You're saved. Your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven. But that's a partial gospel. And we want to continue in our faith, in what salvation is, in Jesus' work. And I'm going to tell you guys this. There's our three specific promises we talked about in the Old Testament through the family Israel. God promised three specific promises of Jesus' work for full salvation And those promises are the promise of Jesus as Messiah, which we can talk about today, part one. The promise of the Holy Spirit, amen? The Holy Spirit and Pentecost is part of the gospel. And that promise brings us power, power to walk and live and share and the power to overcome sin, amen? And then the promise of Jesus' return. So Jesus' work as Messiah saves us spiritually. We go from spiritual death to new life in Christ. Amen? And that's a partial salvation. But it's, you're, you're fully saved. Then Jesus' promise as Messiah or high priest is power, the Holy Spirit. Fill us up with the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that in two weeks. And then one that I've never really taught about, Revelation. Oh, man, that's like the end of the Bible. I was a youth pastor for 20 years. I'm like, they don't know about Revelation, right? They're like 12 years old, right? My son's 13 today. He's not thinking about that, right? I teach in junior hires and ask a question. They're like, yeah, are we going to play dodgeball after church? I'm like, what? Is there pizza? So we're going to cover all that. And then three distinct results, three distinct results of putting our faith in Jesus' work as Messiah brings us peace. You go from death to life, you have peace. Many Christians have peace. The result of putting our hope in the promise of the Holy Spirit is power. Many Christians have peace, but they don't walk in power. And the final one, which has really helped me like, think through some of the things that a lot of us struggle with, is our hope in Jesus' return as king and judge purifies our life. So we want to live a full life in Christ, right? Full life, John 10, 10 is our vision of a life of peace, a life of power, and a life of purity. Amen? How many of you guys want that? Okay, cool. So we're going to get into this. So basic faith, oh, I can back up. So when we think about Jesus' work as Messiah, we're going to ask four questions. Number of question is, 
what did Jesus do? And many of us think, oh yeah, he died on the cross for my sins. But Jesus did specific things, willingly went to the cross, he was spit upon, he was whipped, he was tortured, he was pierced, right? He was uh, beaten, nailed, died. All of those things that he did are connected to how we are saved specifically in these areas. So we're going to get to that next week. It was so much work, so dense, that I would say we've got to do part two. So next week come, we're going through all the things, how Jesus was and how that saved us. So what did Jesus do? Number two today is why. Why did Jesus do this? Basic faith is what he did. Most people in the world would know, yeah, Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again, happy Easter, whatever. But it doesn't do anything for them. We're going to look at why. The why Jesus did this is called the mystery. Say mystery. Whisper it. Sounds like a mystery. Mystery. It's the mystery of the gospel. It's a mystery. Is the why. We look at the mystery. And then number three would be um, how does what he did save us, right? How does what he did save us specifically? And the last one, Arbar, what would be the results? Like what are the results? What are the fruit of us putting our faith in Jesus' work? Does that make sense? So that we can continue to grow up in the gospel. Here's a verse not up on the screen. It says, um, Colossians, this is Paul talking to believers that he's already been preaching the gospel to. Right? Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because Paul always preached the gospel to non-believers and to believers. Okay? I always thought the gospel was, oh, I just preach the gospel to sinners. Tag it on to the end of your sermon. The gospel. Five points. Jesus, you're a sinner. <laughs> Paul says, continue. He says this, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every culture under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul gave his life to the ministry of teaching and preaching and discipling people in the gospel. Amen? The full gospel. You were saved by the gospel. You grow up in the gospel. And one day, glorified body will be finally completely saved in body by the gospel. Make sense? Some of you right now are like, I haven't heard this. And that's okay. We want you to walk in full freedom. And we're going to get there. But we got to wrestle with this. Because maybe you grew up in it. This is challenging. And this is dense. This is why we talk about it in mini church and Keep going, okay? This is really, this sometimes can be tough for us to, to uh, chew on. So here we go. Um, our work as Messiah, Jesus' work as Messiah, saves me differently than his work as returning king, okay? So Jesus' work, promise of Jesus coming back as king, doesn't save me spiritually. Make sense? Jesus' work as high priest the promise of the Holy Spirit doesn't save me spiritually. His work as Messiah on the cross saves me spiritually. Jesus' work as Messiah doesn't finally save me my body glorification. If you've only been presented one thing, you can only walk in partial freedom. Make sense? We're saved by grace through faith. That's how we get saved initially, and many of us know this. But here's where 
I think sometimes even in church or Christian world, we stop having faith in the grace of Jesus' work, Holy Spirit, that sanctifies us, okay? Sanctification is the process. It reverses the domino effect we talk about, how sin took time to corrupt us. Adam and Eve, eyes are open. What they see, they saw their naked body. They judged themselves as evil. They went and hid. And there's a corruption. Eventually, Adam died. He's 900 years old. Sanctification reverses that process. Many times, like, maybe I thought, like, hey, we get saved. Jesus says it's done. Tetelestai. It is then up to me to work out by disciplines and trying harder with the help of the Holy Spirit as a jetpack to manage and map and measure and to keep accountable how I'm sanctified. And two things can happen. You become exhausted because you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> or you get self-righteous in your ability to be the most disciplined person. And you stop having faith and grace stops flowing to your life. Tracking? We're saved by grace through faith. We're sanctified by grace through faith. Faith is the conduit that brings us grace. And then finally, we're glorified by grace through faith. Jesus does all the work, right? What about us? Jesus does all the work. What's his name? Jesus. Amen. You got the answer right. Okay, so introducing the Messiah to the world. The promise, we looked at the promise through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, he became Israel, a family, 12 tribes. Joel completely went over the whole Bible last week, right? Joel did a phenomenal job, like the whole Bible. We come to the Messiah, and God prepares for the Messiah on, on Instagram, right? If it's not on the gram, it doesn't happen. Some of you don't have the gram. You're like, you just don't know what's going on. You got to get the Instagram. Even my mom has Instagram, right? Puna at Instagram. Thanks, mom. Right? That's how she watches this. She would not know I even exist. So God sends Jesus' cousin. What's his name? John the Baptist, right? From OB. Locusts and honey, dreadlocks, right? Rasta, Rasta um, you know, uh, poncho. <laughs> No shoes, no worries. He's preaching out in the wilderness. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and be saved. And people started coming. And then John the Baptist sees Jesus. And this is what he says. You got to pay attention. I know what he says, but then this was like illumination. He says this. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away, say takes away. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They would have understood the Lamb of God. Jesus was the final Lamb of God. Because what? What have they been used to doing in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant? They were used to sacrificing lambs and goats, correct, for their sins. They had to follow the law. When they sinned, they would put their hand on a newborn, fresh baby lamb or goat. Their sins were transferred to the lamb and goat, and that lamb and goat was sacrificed 
for the forgiveness of their sins. You tracking? So in the Old Testament, you could have forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice. John says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What is he distinguishing between Jesus' final lamb and the little baby lambs? What's the difference? All those lambs could bring forgiveness. Jesus took away sins. I want you to think about that. What does that mean for us who understand Jesus' work as Messiah? Jesus takes away our sin, all effects of sin and sickness. This has to sink in. We talk about this. Adam and Eve were made in the image, perfect image of God. The capacity to sin, not the desire to sin. This is big. Jesus was the better blood, the perfect blood that was shed for the removal of our sins. He bought us back. That's redemption. How valuable are you? You cost the most, the most valuable thing in the world would be Jesus' blood. That's how much you're worth. That's how much you're worth. You're bought with Jesus' blood. We're going to get into this, what that means. So by grace, through faith, this is a gift. Christians, we are declared righteous, free from sin. So we're no longer called sinners. We're called saints. We go on. God couldn't come and live in us if we were still sinners, right? And this is where I think the church world is like, oh, but then I still sin. If you were never taught that you were completely removed from sin and live a sinful, sinless life, you're going to be so familiar with the old man, the old person, the former way of life is so comfortable. You could be free, you could cross the Red Sea, and God could deliver you from your enemies, but you could still wander in the desert thinking like a slave. Make sense? That's where a lot of people are, because we don't re-examine what this says. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Keep, you have to re-examine and renew your mind, right? Faith comes by hearing of the word. If you don't hear this, you can't renew your mind and put faith in that, okay? And this takes time for it to get to us. And when we do sin, Jesus, this is not a note, is our advocate. He goes to the Father and says, I know they sin, but the Father looks at Jesus and he sees Jesus. He doesn't see your sin. Jesus goes to the Father on our behalf. But yet we hide from God when we sin. Why? Because we, our eyes are open, we judge ourselves as evil, we don't, uh, we don't put on the robe of righteousness. We'll get to that. This is good stuff. This is, this is theology. And this is what it says. I'm not saying this. The Bible's saying this. Man, I got 1054. I got to keep going here. Bruh. That's why I did part two. I should have done part three. Okay. We got to ask why. 
My son's 12. He turns 13 tomorrow, and he's like the most inquisitive kid. Yeah, Duke. Woo! League age 13, though. You know what I'm saying? Coach. Coach. League age 13. He always asks why. Come here. Why? Come to the table. But why? Go to your room. But why? Get in the car. We got to go. Here. Why? Anybody? Little kids? Ask why. And what do, we, what do parents say? Just, just do what I say. <laughs> stop asking why. We stop asking why. We get over. Stop asking why. Jesus died on the cross. All right. It doesn't move us. We're like numb to it. Okay. Everyone knows this, but yet not everybody's moved by the biggest act, the greatest act in the world with Jesus dying on the cross for your sins. Why? Let's ask why. So this is the mystery of the gospel. These three passages. There's a lot more. This is a starter kit. Starter kit for why. The mystery. What is it? Mystery. Okay. Coffee breath. Turn to your neighbor. Mystery. <laughs> Ephesians. 2, 7, it says this, in him, say in him, this is our new identity, mentioned over 300 times in the New Testament, our new identity is in him, in him, our new identity, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, hallelujah, amen, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us, oceans of grace for your sin. Way more inexhaustible, scandalous grace. Yeah? Wow. Redemption bought back by his blood. That's what he's redeeming us. God's heart is to redeem us, to buy us back with all wisdom and understanding. Oh, is that get the verse? No verse? For real? Okay, no worries. This would have been, got to read it, just got to pay attention. You don't have Ephesians 1? Okay. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known. So if Jesus makes known, it means that this was not previously known. Yeah? It's a mystery. And now he's making known the mystery. To us, the mystery, right there, of his will according to his good measure, pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. What is the mystery? He says this in Ephesians. To bring unity to all things in heaven and under earth in Jesus Christ. So in your notes, number one, the mystery of the gospel is union with God. The gospel in the simplest form, the simplest form is our union with Jesus. We become one. What's our identity? In Christ. Even Romans. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Why is there no condemnation for those who are in, in Christ? Because there's not an independent you to condemn. What? You're in Christ. This has to go from our mind, our intellect, to our heart. By the renewing of our mind, by hearing the word, putting our faith in what it, the Bible says, maybe not what we see with our own, we see our flesh. We see the old man. We see the sinner that, right, that we used to be. It's possible, as a believer, sanctification that Jesus frees us from the power of sin. We're not a slave to sin. Some of us are slaves to sin, habits, 
If you're wondering, man, does God want me to be free from this, ha- this sin? Yes, he does. That's his will. And it's possible. It's a gift. It's what he wants. It's what he declares over you. Amen? I love that. The mystery of the gospel is union with God is to be one with us. God just didn't want to be closer to us. He sent his son Jesus to dwell with us. In the Old Testament, God's presence and power dwelt where? In the Ark of the Covenant, right? If you watch the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know this. And they touch the Ark of the Covenant, what happens? Make. Dead. Okay? <laughs> they died. God didn't want to live in the box. He didn't just want to be close to us or near to us. God wanted to be live inside of us. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. To me, that's a huge difference, right? Of all these debates I see, like this Christian and this and all this stuff. It's like no one really mentions, hey, the, a big difference is like God, our God wants to live inside of us. No longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. I don't see that in, right? This is not a religion. This is like a faith in Jesus. Religion is a man-made thing to climb a ladder to get to God or belief system, right? So Jesus put a gone fishing sign on religion and said, in me is the fulfillment of the law. Amen? I'm blowing your mind right now. I know. Sorry. You know, Facebook apologetics. Be careful. You know what I mean? We're going to study the word of God here. So God could not get inside of people because of sin, because of the law. So he sent his son Jesus, the final lamb, to take away sin so then he could clean us up by his blood so then he could live inside of us with the Holy Spirit, part of the gospel. That's good stuff. Praise the Lord. That is the mystery. I need to clean you up. And this is how I'm going to do it. And he tells us, and he told us all throughout scripture how he was going to do it, the family line he was going to do it through, and people miss it. Man, you got to pray for those people, because the Holy Spirit to illuminate them, receive what's already theirs, it's forgiveness in Christ, so I can get back inside of you. And this, this moves from knowing what Jesus did, everybody knows what Jesus did, to why Jesus did it. When we as a church, as people, get that, this is where the transformational life comes out, full life comes out. This is where we have fruit in our life. We're connected to the branches, yeah? And fruit is produced through the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, parents, double portion of patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Amen? Our worship, we come here on Sundays, our worship is like ignited with a passion and a fire because we understand it. Everything we do, sharing the gospel, gives us power. It filters everything in your life because what you believe about God is what the most important thing of your life. Everything that happens. Blessed to be a blessing, Joel talked about. We're not here for that long. Number two, got to keep going. Here we go. Colossians, you have this one up there? There you go. 
right on Caesar with the Mexico. That's, you know, six hours in, on the border crossing, right, Caesar? Whoo! Wow. Okay. Paul says, I have become a servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. Because before this, you didn't get the fullness. The fullness was a mystery. The mystery, there it is, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. Okay? They didn't, they didn't know this. But now is disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this, what's the word? Mystery. What? Which is Christ in you, the hope and glory. Right here. That's the mystery. Right? Scripture. Support scripture. Mystery is the Christ in you, the hope and glory. We need to get this. The mystery is not what Jesus did on the cross. That's not a mystery. Yeah? This, everybody knows this. Most people know this. Around the world. I was just, I've been some places in the world. Probably people know this. What did Jesus do? Die on the cross. Rose from my sins. Easter. That's why we have Easter bunnies. That's what they say. You know, I don't know. It's not a mystery. The mystery is this. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope and glory. Number two in your notes. Pretty much saying the same thing as number one. Number three, we'll say the same thing. Because <laughs> we get it. We don't know the mystery. We just think that we believe in what Jesus did on the cross, and that's good. But it doesn't change. It doesn't move us. Have you ever thought that's like, why am I so numb to this? You watch The Passion of the Christ, maybe. It's like it's a movie, but you think, stare at the cross, pray, meditate. We'll take communion at the end of the service. We'll learn about what that means. This, this changes you. This sits differently with you when you ask the Lord, show me why. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? If you still believe that sin has power over you, you're identifying with the first Adam, okay? First Adam, eyes open, judge himself as evil, hid from God. If you feel that's you, you're identifying with the first Adam. Jesus is the second Adam who took away sins of the world, lives in us. Identify with the second Adam. That's what you're putting your hope and belief in, Okay? We'll learn that righteousness, I'm going to give this away in case you miss week nine or something. Righteousness is God's divine ability to see ourselves as God sees us, as righteous. Dang. What week is that? Let's come back. We'll serve spam that week. Number three, Ephesians. Woo, Joel. Ephesians 2, 13 through 22. But now, but now, new covenant in Christ, okay, Jesus, you who were once far away, because you're sinners, you were enemies of God, lost, you were far away, have now been brought near, amen, how? By the blood of Christ, thank you, Jesus, his blood brings us near, for he himself is our what? Peace, Messiah brings us peace. Who has made the two groups, this is Jews and Gentiles, the two groups, 
one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Our sin creates hostility with God, far away from God. Through his blood draws us near. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, why did he do this? Was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Following. By which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access, say access, for through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. So what's the result of putting your faith in the Messiah? Peace with God. What does this peace look like? Peace looks like confidence with God. Yeah? Peace looks like confidence with God. Peace looks like when you sin and blow it and lose it. You're not wondering if you've disappointed God, if he's mad at you. Because you have peace. He brings you near to him. But yet, we find ourselves hiding from God. Thinking we got, I just got to get back to like a building. <laughs> Jesus Christ died on the cross because he no longer wanted to dwell in a building. We are the new temple. Amen? In Jesus. Chew on that. <laughs> Confidence with Christ looks like not wondering if he wants you to break these sinful habits. If he wants this financial breakthrough for your life, right? He brought the Israelites into a land they didn't deserve, a land of milk and honey. He wants salvation. Part of salvation is he wants to prosper you so you can be a blessing to other people. <laughs> Amen? It's not wondering that. It's not wondering if he's mad at you. He's not mad at you. He ain't mad at you. Amen. Your wife or spouse or kids or family, they might be mad at you for messing up. <laughs> but know you have confidence because Christ is with you, amen? Like Christ is with me. I might be broke. I may have lost my job. I may have this sickness. People around me, birds' heads are falling off, right? Jim Carrey, never mind. You get it? <laughs> Christ is in me. I don't know where that came from. And then what brings us near to Jesus? Blood. Jesus' blood brings us near. So maybe this is you. I don't feel near. Anybody? I don't feel near to Jesus. Well, the Bible doesn't call us feelers. What does it call us? Believers. <laughs> right? It's not about your feelings. Your feelings are fleeting and based on circumstances. And based on, I don't feel near because of X, Y, and Z, and I don't feel near. Well, this says we're brought near, not because of good feelings. Sometimes we're looking for a feeling, a warm, fuzzy feeling, 
to feel near to God, sometimes we come to services or to feel near to God when God is, can't get any nearer. He's in you. <laughs> Amen? That's what it says. I like that. So when you don't feel near, go to the blood of Jesus. Okay. Last one. You good? Last one. I'm kind of over time here. That's okay. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We're in God's family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus, him as a chief cornerstone. So it's not a physical building. Jesus is the chief cornerstone of a spiritual temple. Okay? The new temple is Jesus. In him, hey, the whole building, spiritual, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, here we go, in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. Number three, the mystery of the gospel is that we are a dwelling place for God. This is when I ask the worship team to come up. I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Jesus initiates our salvation. Jesus, Messiah, initiates our salvation. We are united in Christ, and this brings us peace. We are going to close. Uh, next week, I'll go over all the things Jesus did and how it saves us. This week, we're going to end. We're going we're gonna to worship Jesus. We're going to have our prayer team on the side. And then we're going to participate in communion. You don't have to. If you participate in communion, when you take the elements of communion, the blood, the juice, brings you near. Think about that. His body gives us access to the Father. There may be a new layer of understanding for communion. His blood brings me near. His body gives me access. This unifies us and brings us peace. Maybe you need to pray for peace in your life. Catch and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your work as Messiah. We know this is just scratching the surface. This is the starter kit for Jesus' work as Messiah. There's layers of faith. Maybe some of us have a basic layer of faith, and we know what you did. Help us to continue in our faith and grow up in Jesus to experience freedom, experience salvation and maturity to know why the mystery that you're one with us. We love you, Jesus. Illuminate this to our minds. Help us to discuss this in our church family because this is dense and it wars against our flesh. We love you, Lord. Amen. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today. Until next time, lots of love and aloha.